thought I'd start with just a question for you dads. What are some gifts you hope to get today? Or maybe you already did or did not get them this morning. Well, whatever it is you may be hoping for or have hoped for or ask for, I want to suggest a gift for dads that probably isn't on anybody's dad's list and yet a gift for which every single dad in the room would be thrilled to receive. And I know that's a pretty big boast, but I think it's true. I'm confident of it. We'll see, okay? You can ask the dad in your life when you are done with this service and see if I'm right. On uh, Mother's Day, this is really part of a two-part sermon series. Um, We looked at moms on Mother's Day and the gift that moms would love to get. And I ask you back in May to wait until today when we would talk about the other half of the verse, really, and what it meant for dads. The verse um, we looked at was based on Ephesians 5.21. And Paul uses this one verse, verse 21, to really kick off two paragraphs. And if you weren't here in May, we talked about this verse, and we often in our English read the word submit and talk about obedience. But that's really not the word that Paul used there. And we talked about this in May for moms, and it applies just as much for dads today. The word that Paul uses there is to stand under. It's hupotasso. It's two words. It's under and to stand, to support. To hold up. And Paul challenges both husbands and wives to stand under each other, to be there for each other, to hold each other up. And that that's one of the the chief things as Christians with the love of Christ in us, one of the chief ways we can live that out in the context of our marriage. And what I ask us to do in May, and I'm going to ask us again today is to realize that maybe this passage can be applied in a broader context of our family and not just a marriage. Because what I tried to share and still believe today is that in the family we all need that. We need each other standing under one another and that even applies to children for parents. And I think at times today our families have lost our way We talk about helicopter parents and lawnmower parents and all kinds of parenting that has said the focus of children is it's all about you. And I think we're seeing that fray in the fabric of our society. It's not all about them. And the reality is the real world when they're adults is going to rudely let them know it's not all about them. But they need to grow up in that setting too. Grow up in that setting where the family says, we're about each other. And we need each other. And it's not just to take in the family or consume in the family. We need to give in the family. We need to stand under each other in the family. And the reality is that all of us need the rest of the family stand under us. Whether we're the husband, the wife, the mom, the dad... The youngest child, the oldest child, grandma and grandpa. 
we all, we never outgrow that need to have the rest of the family standing under us. And so, in May, we looked at Mother's Day and moms. And after Paul says that general verse in verse 21, that we need to stand under each other, he then speaks to husbands and how they stand under their wives or how we as a family need to stand under mom. And we talked about how much moms need to be loved and to know their love and to feel that love for them and to show them that love in very serving kinds of way because Paul uses the example of Jesus and how Jesus loved us, loved the church. And all that Jesus did for us, George just talked about it in the communion meditation. And Paul says, now, the way Jesus loved us, you all need to love your wife. You all need to love mom in that way. If you weren't here, I would ask you to check out the website and hear that sermon for moms. But today, it's dad's turn. And I want to go back to that same verse 21. Because I believe dads are just as much a part of that same family system that needs the rest of the family standing under them too. Not just their wife, but their kids as well. Now I don't know about you and your dad, but I realized when I was a kid and anybody said, well you need to stand under dad, I would have said, well I don't think so. Not just because of his size, and my dad was 6'2". He was a big man. But dad was a rock. He was just this mountain of a man. Uh, he didn't show emotion. He didn't show need. He was just this tough farmer. And he worked from dawn to dusk, and he, when he came in, he pretty much fell asleep in the chair, or he was working. And if you had told me back then, oh, dad needs your help, stand under dad, it was like, <laughs> yeah, right. And I look back at that, and that's how dads were taught. What does it mean to be a good dad? Well, you work hard, you provide for your family, you're there. And everybody else can count on you. Even if it's real or not, that's what you need to put on, that exterior I saw my dad cry one day. I'll never forget it. He sat on a couch and told me he had cancer and he wasn't going to live. I can describe that living room to you. And that green couch. And it was the last time I saw my dad cry. And he died a couple months later. You just didn't show emotion like that. You were tough. But dads, some of you may still be trying to do that today. But you know what? I think we're coming to be more honest today. And we're realizing that dads, that's an impossible task you can't pull off. And I think though it's painful, I think we're getting more and more dads saying, I'm not this immovable mountain. I don't have my act all together. I can't do it all right. And I'm seeing a lot more dads who are saying, you know what, I'm overwhelmed. 
The workplace is demanding more and more from me, letting more and more people go, and they're putting all their work on me. Or if I'm running my own business, it's getting harder and harder, and the government's not helping, and things are getting tougher and tougher. And I think the average dad is feeling more pressure from the outside and from work. But now he's also got all these expectations that he's got to be at every ball game. <laughs> I'd laugh about that, my dad. Are you kidding? My dad was out on the farm. If I went to Little League, mom took me. Dad was busy working, but not today. In addition to your job, you better coach, and you better do all of this, and you better exercise, and you better do all this, and take care of the finance, and just do all this stuff. And the pressures are getting bigger and bigger, and I think there's more and more dads saying, I'm not doing this well. I don't know how I can do this all well. And I think it's getting harder and harder for dads today. And I think that's why this sermon is so important. I think more than ever before, dads need to feel that their family is around them, holding them up. Even though that may be a new concept that we think dad would need us to hold him up. I want to tell you today, rethink that paradigm. Because I think the dads sitting in this room would say, hey, that feels good. My family is under me, holding me up, as I'm under them, holding them up. That's the whole point of that verse 21. Stand under each other and hold each other up. You see, I think that's the gift dad really wants. I want us to go look at Ephesians and see what Paul wrote to the wives and how they stand under their husbands. And then we're going to talk about how that applies to dads. Let me read Ephesians 5, through 24. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body for which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. So the one word that keeps coming out of that again and again, Paul keeps repeating that hupotasso, that stand under, hold up your husband, support him, and all that that means. But there's one other verse, Paul jumps, jumps down to verse 33, and he summarizes all his paragraphs. It's like verse 21 on one end, verse 33, they're bookends. And when he summarizes it, look what he says in verse 33. Husband, you need to love your wife. As much as you love yourself, you need to love your wife. And wife, you need to respect your husband. And that's what I want you to capture today. He doesn't say, wives, you need to love your husband. He says, wives, you need to respect your husband. And there's a reason Paul says that, and that's what I want to understand today. Because I think Paul is right on. Peter actually says the same thing, and I think it's 1 Peter. He says the exact same things. Wives, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. Same two words. Now, why do we say that? Why did they say it? I want to explain something that I found fascinating. 
And the credit for this goes to my wife as an educator. This is a book I would urge you to get and read. Why Gender Matters. Now, I realize I am swimming upstream here. We're in a culture right now that says, don't you dare treat men different from women. And anything you do that would even smell of treating men different from women means you're a sexist. May I graciously disagree? I don't think we're the same. And that's what I point this book to you for. A medical doctor, researcher. What you'll read in here is from the moment of conception. When the egg is fertilized, the human that begins to form is immediately beginning to form differently if it is a male or a female. From conception. And how the brain forms and how the thinking happens is different. And how men are going to function and how women are going to function and how they think and how they approach things. It is different. And it's not a value of one is better. It is a concept of complementary. Different and com complementing. But if you look at all of that, it comes right back to, Paul says, women need to be loved. Men need to be respected. And I want you to think about that, and I'm going to point you to one other book. This has become a classic among Christian books on marriage, love and respect. Emerson Egerichs, they do seminars all over the country. But he is simply taking what Paul says and fleshing it out into details. And I don't want to, we don't even have time to go through all the concepts, but w the main core of what he's saying is, we have so many problems in our marriages because women say, I need to be loved. If I need to be loved, my husband must need to be loved, so I'm going to treat him with love instead of respect. And the husband walks away saying, I don't feel very loved. His language, he, what he means to say is, I don't feel very respected. And the wife says, how can you not feel loved? I am giving you a boatload of love. And you can flip it the other way. The husband is busy giving his wife a boatload of respect, because that's what guys want and need. And he thinks, well, she should feel loved. Look at all I'm doing for her. And she's saying, I'm not hearing any love. And he's thinking, well, I gave you all the respect I could. And here, 2,000 years ago, what does Paul say? Husbands, you need to love your wives because that's what she needs. And wives, you need to respect your husband because that's what he's hungry for. And that's exactly what Paul says. And what I would like to do is say to you today, we can apply that to dads. The greatest gift you can give dad today on Father's Day is that. Respect. Because that's what he's wired up to need. God designed men to work. He designed men to achieve. Just put a bunch of boys in a room and watch how they'll figure out some way to compete. 
I mean, they will compete on the most ridiculous things. And moms look at them and say, boys, what are you doing? They are, what do we do wrong? Because they're wired up to achieve. They're wired up to work. And they're wired up to protect and to provide. And they're wired up to serve and lead. And they're leading, they see it as a way of serving because they care and love for their family. And one of the best ways they know to do that is to try and lead. They can't help but analyze problems and try and give advice on how to help with those problems they see. Because they're wired up to do that. And sometimes they do that and we don't understand what they're doing. Or it bothers us. But what men need is that companion that will stand beside them shoulder to shoulder. As they confront life, as they try to achieve, as they try to protect. They don't want to do it alone. They want to have those companions around them. And what I want to show you today is I think the greatest group of companions they want around them is their family. They want their spouse beside them as their companion in this. And they want their kids around them cheering them on as they're trying to do their job to be a dad. And what would move them more than anything else is to hear from their kids, Dad, thanks. We respect you. Now, let's be honest. We need to realize, I know your first reaction. You wouldn't say it out loud. But the first reaction is, what if dad doesn't deserve respect? Isn't respect have to be earned? Okay, I, that's in my head too. It's in my head as a man. I got to earn respect. That drives us. But it's in our heads as families. You have to earn respect. Put that on hold for just a second. Set there on the shelf. We don't say that to women and needing to be loved, do we? When do we say to somebody, you have to earn my love first? We say, well, that's not very good. And we say, no, we have to love whether you earn it or not. And we do. That's how families work. But what I want to tell you is I think the same thing needs to apply to dads. There are no perfect dads. And if we're only going to respect the dads who are batting 100%, we're not going to have any dads to respect. But however well that dad is accomplishing it, I want you to know that I believe 99% of the dads, or a huge percent of the dads, are doing their best to try and earn respect. And we need to give it to them. Not because they've accomplished it, but because they're dad. And they're our team, and we need to stand under them. And Paul says, if you're going to stand under your team and stand under your dad, the way you do that is you show them respect. You don't wait for them to earn it. You show them respect. Because they desperately need that. Now, how do we do that? Well, I want to talk about some practical ways to do that. How we show dad's respect. One of the things is I would like you to just start looking at dad through different lenses. 
instead of criticizing dad for what he's not doing, look at what he's trying to do. And realize from his perspective, he's trying to do that to help the family. And maybe that's working. And maybe that's achieving. And maybe he tries too hard. But please see at his core what he's trying to do is provide and do his job and support the family by what he's doing in his work. Maybe it's protecting. And maybe he protects too much. I get that. And you wish dad would protect a little less. But rather than being angry at dad for protecting too much, maybe step back and say, I know what you're doing, dad, and thank you. Sometimes I get mad at you for that, but I know you care. And because you care, you're trying to protect. And that may be advice about how I'm driving. It may be counsel on a lot of other things. It may be not letting me do something. But I know it's because you're my dad and you're trying to protect me. And I respect you for that. Instead of I'm angry at you for that. And maybe it's serving and leading, or serving by leading. And I get it, you'd like dad to lead a little less. But please understand, sometimes dad is trying to lead because it's the best way he knows how to serve. And it's how he was wired up from the moment he was conceived. And it's how his brain works because God designed it that way. And maybe it's analyzing problems that you don't want him to help solve. But he just can't stop giving you some advice about, are you sure you want to do that? Have you thought about that? And you want him to quit doing that, and what he can't even put into words is he would have to stop being dad. He would have to stop being a mad to stop doing that. Because it's how he's wired up. What if you start respecting him for that? Helping him for that? Looking at him differently? And maybe start saying to him, thank you for how you're doing this. Be honest. Don't ever try and fool dad with respect that's not real. He'll smell it. He can sense it. It's got to be genuine. But you can look at dad and see some things he's doing and maybe look at them differently and realize he's doing them because of who he is and it's his way. It's not the way of love. And that's part of the Mother's Day sermon. He's got to learn how to show love in some ways. But he's trying to in his way and respect him for that and let him know that. In the book love and respect, Egrix has some, he includes some letters that women have written him after their seminar. And he's got a letter in there, this wife writes, and she says basically that they lived in a northern climate, and every time she would drive on the ice, her husband would sit there beside her and say, don't step on the brakes, don't, don't hit the brakes. And she used to resent that. He was criticizing my driving. He was interfering. He didn't whatever. And then one day, she was out on the ice by herself. And she started to slide, and she started to slam on the brakes. 
and she heard her husband's voice in her head. Don't slam on the brakes. Don't slam on the brakes. And she took her foot off the brake. And when she got home, she went into her husband and she said, you saved my life today. And of course, he's there, what? And she said, I always resented you telling me, don't step on the brakes. But I realized you were loving me and you were trying to help me. And today you saved my life. Thank you. I can guarantee you that husband felt respected. One of the ways to show respect to your husband is to start to see him differently. And to realize that some of the things that may have even irritated you, and kids, I hope you're hearing this, because it applies to dads even more than husbands, I think. While he may frustrate you and irritate you, please understand that so much of that is coming out of love and the way he knows to show love. And if you can start to see that differently, you will start to be able to communicate respect to your dad, which is what he needs more than anything else. The second way to help dad feel respected is to be that teammate who stands beside him shoulder to shoulder as he confronts life. I understand as dads don't measure up, one of our first immediate reactions is to do what? Complain. How many times have we talked as husbands and wives, we're going to change, I'm going to change you, I'm going to straighten you out. And we work real hard at that, but it doesn't work real well, does it? Nagging and complaining to change dad, how's that working for you? It doesn't work real well. But what, what I want to show you is if you'll stand beside dad as his cheerleader and encourager and thanking him for what is where he's trying, but helping him as he's facing challenges and tough times and to let him know that you're there beside him cheering him on, appreciating what he is doing, how he is trying, instead of complaining about what's not working, one more suggestion out of Egrick's book, Love, Love and Respect. He says in there, send a respect card to dad. And what he says in there, oftentimes what we do is we send dad a card that says about love. And we have some X's and O's and we say, I love you. And dad say, yep. And the card's gone. What Egrick says Send a respect card and it'll never be thrown away. Now here's how a respect card goes. I was thinking about you the other day. That you would die for me. And that is an overwhelming thought to me as I consider that you would die for me. And then sign that card with all my respect. The one who still admires you. Don't sign it with all my love. With all my respect, the one who still admires you. And hand that to your husband. 
your dad. I guarantee you that's a card that will never get thrown away. Because he got a clear message that he is respected. I'd like to challenge you to give dad a great gift. Think about what he's trying to do and how you could respect him. And somehow in a moment when he's not busy, when he's not running out the door or doing a lot, stop him and tell him why you respect him. What you uh, admire in him and what he's trying to do or what he's facing or how he's trying to balance. And let him know how you respect him. How you look up to him. There is no greater gift you can give a man than to let him know, as Paul says, women need love, but men, husbands, dads, need to know those closest to them, their family, respects them. Paul saw it. Peter saw it. We need to see it. We need to give the gift of respect. Let's pray. Father, thank you for how you made us, male and female, and that you knew we should be different, that we could complement each other, that as a team we could be better together, each adding something unique and special and important. There's no value here except valuing your design. And help us understand how we need to love the wives, the mothers, the women in our lives. But we also need to respect the husbands and the dads and the men in our lives. And that's what they're so hungry for in a world that shows them less and less respect. Help us to see the wisdom of your design, the wisdom and truth of what Paul says. Help us give the gift of respect to the men in our lives. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.